Welcome to another Virial USA podcast. This is Alan, and I'm here um, tonight with Jeremy from our um, sister, cousin, whatever it is, blog, Into the Calderon. Welcome, Jeremy. Alan, thank you for having me. Great to be back on the pod with you. Yeah, we we were we had a we had you on before when we thought this thing was going to happen in Miami and that didn't work out. Um and I have to say I think I was the most optimistic of the three of us that it would and my optimism was soon laid to rest by the continuing war between uh, the um the league and the Spanish FA. So we're um in fact back with um uh a match at the ceramica um to talk about and uh i wanted to start before we do that by talking about atletico and sort of how you see how you see them progressing this season um this is obviously with diego godin leaving with well, a number of players leaving, but he's certainly one that, that was a kind of talisman of the team. Um, and it's sort of being a bit of a rebuilding year. And where do you see that? Where do you see Atleti right now? They're in a weird place right now. Uh, the results still aren't really there, um, as evidenced by Sunday's loss to Barcelona, which was a really good performance until Lionel Messi blew it all to bits. Uh, the performances have improved, though, despite the results not being there. I want to say since the second international break, around that time, middle of October, uh, starting with a home draw to Valencia, Atletico have started playing better. So we're going on about a month plus where Atletico's performances have improved. They've generated more chances. Uh, but the defense hasn't been quite as strong. And because of that, Atletico have conceded in seven straight games. We've seen them drop points at a rate that you just can't compete for really any trophies dropping points the rate they're dropping them. And they're in six now. And there is pressure mounting on Simeone, on the players, even though he has tried to temper expectations by referring to this as a transitional season, saying effectively we knew all along that this could happen. Uh, that's not making a, a ton of people um, comfortable. It's not giving much comfort. Uh, to fans who saw Jao Felix come in for this amount of money and expect instant results. Atletico are hovering around a goal per game in La Liga. Again, despite looking mm-hmm. a bit better, a bit smoother in attack, uh, not everything's clicking. It's getting a little better, but it, there are still several issues to iron out, and it may take the rest of the season to iron them out. So Atletico are in a very strange place entering this game. And Simeone, of course, has been with... Atleti since what 2011, right? And he's, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been around. He's been, which is pretty amazing when you look back at his at his record before joining Atleti as a coach. I mean he had sort of bounced around um, Argentina, um, had a brief segment in in Italy, but. I don't think anybody expected that he would still be here <laughs> eight years later. And, yeah. and is, is he still up for it? I mean, is, I know, I know a couple of years ago there was sort of a feeling like maybe he was getting tired or wanting a new challenge or something, but is he, he seems to be relishing this rebuilding prospect? He does. Um, he's signed 
the contract to 2022 last year kind of with an eye toward taking a huge role in this rebuild. And Mm -hmm. he signed that extension knowing that, listen, all these guys were going to leave, that Atleti were going to lose Godin, Juan Fran, Felipe, in addition to the younger players, Griezmann, Rodri, Lucas, who all left last summer. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I still believe that there wasn't a better guy to oversee this than Simeone. Um, he knew these players intimately. He knows the club intimately. He has built up so much credit over the past few years as manager, and even before then, during his two stints as a player, that, yeah, I, I think a lot of people had full confidence in him that he would at least get the ball rolling, whether he would be there to see the fruits of the rebuild or not was kind of another discussion. I still think there is a hunger there, um, but our own Robbie Dunn over at Into the Calderon wrote about this um, following the Barcelona game. Uh, he's kind of called it cholo fatigue, and it's a really interesting um, theory. It's a really interesting um, case study. There is, he drew a parallel between kind of what's going on with Atleti and what's going on with Simeone with what happened at Spurs with Mauricio Pochettino. And mm-hmm. I do see some parallels there that maybe the message, despite the improvements in play, maybe the message isn't resonating as clearly. Um, the past couple of years, Atletico have not always played well. The The results were mostly there. Atletico still finished second in each of the last two seasons, but the play wasn't very good. There were some truly horrible games to watch, uh, particularly away from home. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I keep going back to this point that Atletico do look better of late, just the results aren't there especially away from home. This is now going on three, four years of this same issue. So it does lead one to wonder, yes, Simeone still feels the hunger and he still wants to be around, but how badly do the players want it? How much is his message still resonating with them? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think um, thinking of another coach who uh, got let go in England, I mean, Unai Emery has had that same thing happen to him where you know, Emery's a fine coach, but at some point, if the players stop listening, <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that he's a bad coach. I think he's an excellent coach, but, but he's very demanding on his players and he, um, expects a lot of them. And if they sort of tune off at some point, you know, it's, it's always easier to fire a coach than get rid of a whole roster. Right. Um, you know, I, I think, um, Simeone has, has always, um, you know, I think he's, he's certainly been a play, been a player and been a coach who just, you know, is a perfect fit for Atleti. Um, and I, I was looking today, I was curious to see, you know, Mourinho is now on his like fourth club since 20, since 2010. He was coaching Real Madrid when um, Cholo joined Atleti, and he's now on his third club since then. You know, so I think the longevity of Simeone at this at, at, at a top-flight club is is truly astonishing. Um, you, you just don't see that that many places anymore. Absolutely, and he is he's deserved this tenure. I mean, this is his eighth full season. The significance of the contract to 2022 was that it would take him through a decade as Atletico's manager, which is just ridiculous to think about in yeah. this day and age. Um, he's made it through, this is his eighth full season now, and he's averaged a trophy per season. But, yeah, kind of like uh, the the Unai Emery example you brought up, Simeone is an extremely intensive coach. <laughs> and 
<laughs> a lot of these a lot of these players have stuck with them. Kieran Trippier gave an interview to the Athletic last week uh detailing how much respect Simeone commands and how like no one is ever late to meetings. No one ever um beha- misbehaves or is out of turn cuz everyone just loves him and respects him. And hmm. I wonder how many this this is some speculation on my part, but I wonder how many in the squad continue to share those views, um new or old players. Um Simeone is still a, a loved a widely revered figure, but there are, there are some issues that dated back two, three years at this point that haven't fully been addressed. Atletico have still been successful, but you wonder how much more successful they could have been and when or if the other shoe is going to drop. Yeah. It's interesting with Trippier. I mean, I think in some respects, Simeone is a very I think he'd be a very easy coach for an English player to understand. Would you agree with that? Because it seems to me Simeone is very much what you see is what you get, and he's very upfront with his expectations. Very genuine, yeah. Yeah, which I think I think English players, by and large, respect that. So, I mean, I think one of the things that's been a real – it was an interesting move over the summer, and I think a lot of us – we're sort of scratching our heads with Trippier going to Atletico Madrid. That's sort of an odd move. I mean, it's not, you know, you, you tend to, you don't tend to look at English, um, players who are playing in the, in the Premier League, um, at a high level and on, and on the national team moving to play for a team in Spain that's not Barcelona or Real Madrid. And yet here he is and he's done very well and by all accounts is a fan favorite in, in Madrid, right? Oh yeah, fans love him. He's been one of the best right backs in La Liga this year, which is not something I was really expecting. Uh, he's had a few adventures defensively, which makes sense, but it didn't take long for Simeone to get through to him. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been more, more responsible defensively and he's added a bit of spice, a bit of verve in taking set pieces. He takes a lot of risks going forward. He's very gutsy, and the fans really like that. See, he's quickly become a fan favorite, and it's great. Uh, it's great for him, and it's it's a really good advertisement for La Liga to those in England who may still be a little skeptical. Right. Hey, you can't come over here and do well. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, – I want to talk about where where you see the league at this point a little later, but let's talk about the, the Villarreal – Atleti matchup, and um, of course, this was the game that was originally supposed to be in Miami. Um, it uh, the the Spanish FA and and uh, and the league are still fighting and arguing, and so in the end, that got that idea got dropped. So we're playing in the Ceramica, where we've done fairly well in recent years against you guys. Um, how do you do you see this being? Uh, uh, I mean, by all accounts, it should be a fairly tight game with not many goals in it, right? Yeah, I don't especially look forward to Atletico's trips to Villarreal. These usually are not very fun games for Atletico. I think it's one win from the past six trips to Villarreal and one in eight overall. The the recent record is not pretty. Uh, Villarreal always get up for this game. And, yeah, this is going to be a, a tight one, another intense uh, another intense one, uh, Virial's talent, and I, I do want to talk about uh, 
some of the individuals that are going to feature in this game, particularly for, for you guys. Uh, Villarreal have quite a talented team, as I'm sure you know. Um, only two teams have scored more goals than, than Villarreal. They, especially at home, they've been in fine form in front of goal there. Uh, Jared Moreno is one of the league's top scorers. Uh, Samuel Chiquese is one of my favorite players in La Liga. There are some really talented, explosive players here. And Villarreal, I know they've lost three in a row, but they haven't played terribly in these three games, um, I don't think, um, in, in my view. So these are always difficult trips for Atletico, who aren't in very good uh, form, judging by the results. Um, I think they, they are they are due for one of those games where they're going to score two or three goals. I'm just not sure if it's this one. Right. Yeah, I think I think Villarreal are um, – I mean, we did not play – it's hard to say. I think we're sort of at that point where we seem to be playing reasonably well, but we're not converting our chances. And if that goes on game after game after game, you sort of wonder. Um, I think the fans, especially after last year, are beginning to wonder. Um, I have to say I'm not convinced that Kaleha is the answer on the bench. I'm not unconvinced either I keep wanting him to prove himself and it's like every chance we get to sort of really play well pick up a quality win and move into the top six or seven we haven't been able to do it of late and it's and it's sort of odd I think we we clearly have talent on the roster um I'm just not convinced that week in week out especially away from home where we're able to squeeze the most out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have a, we have a fun team. I think we have, I think I have to say that going in though, even at home, I go in now expecting the other team is going to score at least one goal. <laughs> we just don't seem to be able to shut anybody out. Yeah. That was, that was your problem last year too, is that this yeah. defense is just kind of all over the place at times. Yeah, and it seems like this year we have a better, I mean, we have a better um, pairing in the middle, but the balance between offense and defense isn't there. We, we, you know, you were talking about Trippier going forward. Well, that's what our guys do in spades and they don't, and then we don't, we have a lot of players who are offensively minded, but are not great defensively. And then that leaves our, our center back pair trying to make up for um, all their mistakes or a lack of positioning. So, yeah, it's it's been tough. And, I'm, and I think the question that very all fans have is kind of, is this going to get any better or is this what we have? You know, and it's um, I know um, one of the bloggers on uh, that I follow on Twitter wrote going into the season, you know, that this could be so, you know, I think. Here we all have a, in terms of talent, they're Europa League talent, and the, they could be better or they could be worse. It depends on how the coach does. Yeah, that, I think that's a pretty sound analysis. Uh, this this team, I go back to this, is very good. Um, there are some very good individuals. Like, I didn't even mention Pau Torres, who has kind of been a, a revelation at the back. He's already been in the national team. He looks like a really, really a promising player back there. I've been very impressed every time I've watched him. Yeah. I think that, I think that, I think the concern that we're having is how maybe the uh, next Rodri, where we 
you know, you remember with Rodri was sort of, he ended up becoming the regular starter because Bruno was injured and we thought, oh, this guy's going to be a nice fill in and in a year or two he's going to develop. And it turned out he was, you know, very, very good and, um, Atleti signed him. And of course, then you guys lost him after a year too. And I think the feeling with Powell is, as, um, last week I did a podcast with a couple of other Virial fans and we were saying that, you know, he may be the first one to leave. Um, just because paying the money out there for center backs, it's going to be hard for him to turn down. Um, Chukwesi, I think in some ways is, is more of a develop, still of a, a player in development because he's got to learn to, to at least do some defensive duties and, and so forth to, you know, but Powell is, is already the full deal. Uh, do you know what his release clause is? Uh, I think for Powell, it's around 50 million. Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. And he, and he is a native of Villarreal. So, you know, he's not, he's not likely to, you know, uh, I think he's got, he's definitely got a lot of loyalty to the club and whatnot. But, you know, when you start dangling tons of money, <laughs> it's hard to turn down and, and, you never know. I mean, Rodri left for well, pennies, basically, and then Atletico made three times what. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I mean, well that's, well, that's the thing is that with the the English teams um, anymore, you know, what used to be, I mean, what Rodri was, what, 20 million that you guys paid us? Plus, yeah, 25. Plus 25, yeah. And. And that's at one time seemed a, a, a reason, a, a quite a sum, and any more, it's not. You know, I mean, the, it, there, there seems to be a, a real inflation at the top end these days. Absolutely, especially with the English club, clubs, because a lot of those clubs have distorted the market because there's mm-hmm. so much money around. Um, I think, yeah, one case is Kepa when Chelsea acquired him for his full release clause. Kepa was not, and still isn't. I like him, but he's not an 80 million euro goalkeeper. But no. that. That was his value based on his release clause. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where the market is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so I think if, I think the real, um, it, it almost has become a market where it's like, well, if the English clubs are interested in you, there's a, there's a higher, there's a higher valuation for you because your agent knows he can get it. Um, you know, it's easy to make a club pay when you know they've got a ton of money to pay yeah. and all the, you know, all of this stuff is, is public knowledge. So, um, that's instantly a, a 10% markup. <laughs> it's just the way it is with, with their, the strength of financially of the English clubs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's a bit like, um, you know, it's a bit like being on holiday in a, in a country where the, where the, um, average wage is quite low and, and they look at you and and know you're from the U.S. and say, "Oh, okay, we can charge you twice as much." I mean, it's yes. it's, almost, it's almost like that. Um, yeah, so I think I, Powell has been great, um, but I think overall we've really had a bit of a tough time, and it's it, we could use this win to hopefully on for me anyway on Friday to um, sort of vault us back out of the. We're creeping down toward the toward the bottom five zone, and we had enough of that last year. Yeah, I, I imagine you did. Um, you mentioned Bruno a, a moment ago, and I did want to ask you about him because I miss him. What, what yeah. what's the latest there? He's he's still 
not played. It's been two and a half years now. Yeah. You know, this is a, I, I posted an article that, um, there was a journalist, um, for El Confidencial, I think, that wrote it. And it was sort of one of those kind of slightly provocative, slightly what the hell is he trying to say without saying it kind of things. Um, you know, Bruno, okay, so he's, he went through a couple of injuries that he was operated on and then it seemed like he was when he would come back and start training, the leg would hurt again and everything. And he went through a knee operation in the summer. And he came back, the last I heard, and the last that the team released, was he was you kind of coming back and jogging on the side and, you know, doing the bit where the guy passes the ball to you and you chest it, you, you know, you kick it with your foot and that kind of stuff. And by now he was supposed to be reincorporated into the squad, but nothing has happened. So I think all of us are kind of wondering what's going on. Um, there were reports that the club tried to negotiate a buyout of his contract, which expires in this next June anyway, and he wasn't willing to do that, but nobody really knows. I mean, it's one of the, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating because I think, I think a lot of the Real fans by now have just forgotten about him. Which is sad because yeah. important he's been throughout his career there. You know, talk about a one club man, about as loyal as they come. That, that is sad. And I do miss watching him. He was always really fun to watch. You know, Real's equivalent to Gabby. That, that would be Atletico's oh, yeah. equivalent. Yeah. Oh, I, I used to love those slow turns on the ball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and I, uh, back in, uh, I guess it was 2011 when, when Spain, it was after Spain had won the World Cup and they, they came to Boston and played the U.S. and I was, um, living in Western Mass at the time. I went to see that friendly and Bruno was part of that team, um, provided an, an uh, I think provided an assist maybe. I know he, I know he, I know he played, but yeah, it was, um, he's just been such an important, person and he and he was the player who when we got relegated you know immediately signed up for I'm not going anywhere you know which at that time he could have done you know because he was a Spanish international he could have he could have taken a something somewhere else so it's a it's a bizarre situation and and um, nobody really knows kind of what what's going on but it's it it seems like um it's just been a long time without any any real mention of it. So that that's all that's all that I've heard. That is uh, that's definitely. Uh, I was hoping to hear something different. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Has has gone completely cold. I mean, I we haven't heard really anything of note. No, and the thing that's been a little bit odd too is that you know Giuseppe Rossi has been training with us. Yes, and and. Um, and by all accounts, um, doing fairly well. I mean, I think he's, he's been, when he first showed up, I mean, the, the team posted some video of his first training session and you could tell, you know, he, he was a guy who's been working out at home and everything, but it was like getting used to playing with, with teammates again and being in the right place to do this thing right away was still something that he had to get used to. But I, you know, I've heard he's doing very well in training and, you know, we we keep getting little snippets of of him um, training with the team, but I haven't heard anything about Bruno. So it's it's quite bizarre. 
yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, let's, okay, let me get you, before we take a little break, I'm going to ask you for your prediction on, uh, Friday and I'll give mine and then we'll, we'll come back and talk about the league so far. So what, what are you thinking for Friday? All right. I think there are going to be goals either side. Uh, I'm not feeling very good about Atletico's defense right now. Goals in seven straight games between La Liga and the Champions League. Uh, and Jose Jimenez and Stefan Savage are still injured. So this is Simeone's third and fourth choice center backs for the eighth consecutive game. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah, defensively, it's been a little rough. I mean, granted, Messi's goal on Sunday was not really anyone's fault. Um, <laughs> that was any, messy. <laughs> if anyone, it was Thomas Lamas' fault for giving the ball away near his own box, but that wasn't anyone's fault in defense. Just that's, oh, what, yeah. that's what Messi does. Um, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw, which, you know, I think Simeone will be okay with it because we have Locomotive coming up Wednesday in Madrid, and at Let It Go are kind of on the precipice here of qualifying for the Champions League knockouts, and they need to beat Lokomotiv Moscow on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I think that game is going to take precedence if it comes down to it, if it comes down to Simeone deciding between going for the win or hauling off an attacker to throw on another midfielder, I think he'll do the latter. So I'll go with 1-1. That's an interesting point. I've forgotten that, that you guys have that have that locomotive game. Do you think that will make a difference in who you start, or is it just going to affect more how you play it? Probably more how Atletico play it. Uh, okay. There still aren't that many defensively. Atletico aren't really that healthy. I mean, the backup left back is still Sowell for the second year running. Uh, yeah. Both center backs are out. Uh, Simeone, I wouldn't say he's at war with a few players, but he is having some trust issues with Marco Llorente, uh, Toma Lema, who has been rumored to be on the block come January. Uh, mm-hmm. Vitolo has kind of been in and out of the plans, so Simeone is kind of working a little bit with the bare bones, partially because of injuries, partially because of his own doing. Okay. Yeah, I, I would. I actually think your prediction is probably right. I'm going to say one. I mean, I, I figure, as I as I was saying earlier, I figure there will be goals in it. Um, I, I will say one one. Though I think we probably have a chance of nicking it. It, it really de- and and it's mostly because of the injuries that you guys have. But then we don't. We probably won't have Santi Cazorla playing for us either, and he's sort of our. Um, main provider of of, uh, of chances, so I, I think one one is probably a good a good um, bet. I think we would probably be. Eh, it depends on how it goes. If, if it's one of those games where we feel like at the end of it we really dominated and just couldn't finish our chances, that won't make us feel better. If we play really well, it's a it's a you know bang up game. On both ends, and it, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how well we play. If you play well also and it ends up 1-1, we won't feel so bad. If we sort of lollygag to a 1-1, then the, then the drumbeat for change is going to continue. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So let, so let's take a brief break and then when we come back, let's talk about La Liga so far, which has been Kind of uh, the league nobody wants to win, and and Javier Tebas evidently doesn't want to run. So back in a minute. 
It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so I had to get my dig in at, tape, at Monsieur at uh, Senor Tapas there, but um, <laughs> so in case you, in case you didn't hear, he um, resigned as what he resigned as league president, but then is standing again for, to be reelected. So it's basically, as I read it, a uh, gives the clubs an opportunity to stand up for him and gives him more ammunition to face down Rubiales in the Spanish FA. Is that kind of how you read it? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, this is this is a power move by Tebas. I don't really think he's under any threat to not win re-election. Uh, besides, the headlines are too good. The fights between Tebas yeah. and Rubiales, are, it's just too much fun. I, I, I don't want to see them go. No, no. I, not like each other. No, they don't, and it and it's a it's it's a it's a great fugue. I mean, you know, it's great copy. The 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 the, the papers all love it. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody is, would seriously stand against Tebas, frankly. I mean, he seems to have the support of most of the clubs, but um, so this has been an interesting season so far in La Liga because I look at the team. I look at. I suspect if I had. A, um, a supporter of every team on here and said, how do you, how are you guys playing? They would say not well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. Honestly, I think that's right. Even at the, the very top of the table, mm-hmm. maybe Sevilla fans would be satisfied, but outside of that. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think they're kind of, I don't, I don't sense that they are. I, the, the teams that have been the most impressive have been, Teams like um, Osasuna, who are, you know, who, who were promoted. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I think Osasuna and Granada supporters would be very happy with how their yeah, teams are doing. And they, even Granada have lost four of the last five, and they're still, you know, solidly mid-table, eight points clear of the drop. Right. I think those two teams are probably safe already. Probably, although remember, it seems like there's always a team that starts out every year Really hot, and then they cool off. I mean, I'm, you know, Girona last year, um, Abar the year that they were relegated, but they weren't because Elche went thanks down. Elche, for, yeah, thanks to yeah. issues. Yeah, so I mean, that, it, team, that Abar team was one of the worst teams I've ever watched in La Liga. Yeah, but they but they got off to a great start. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, Granada though are better than them. Um, <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, um, that than that team was. Um, yeah, I think probably, uh, I would say Real Sociedad might be fairly optimistic. They, they seem to be playing reasonably well. And Athletic Bilbao, um, you know, I know they've been, uh, accused of getting some help from the VAR of late, but mm-hmm. I think they, I think they've done very well. Um, but outside the Basque country, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who we can hold up as, you know, Barcelona fans are, you know, constantly calling for the coach's head and, and, yeah. and, um, you know, and Real Madrid, 
are not, uh, you know, the, I mean, it's always a soap opera and this year it just happens to star Gareth Bale, but, um, someone new every year. There's one every year and, and they're never happy and the team is not, you know, it's a, it's, their, their form has been in and out. So I think one of the, it has to be frustrating for you and it certainly is for me is that you look at the points dropped and you think, well, my goodness, we could be up in the top yeah. if we could just get our act together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the points have been there. The opportunities have been there for the taking. But, yeah, Atletico are, are – I guess there's some strange perverse comfort in this. That Atletico are not the only team that has struggled to pick up the maximum points and capitalize on others' failed yeah. opportunities. Yeah, I mean, we certainly, after – Getting off to a good start, have you know no wins in our last five. Um, Valencia are um, uh, well. Valencia fans are notoriously not happy, but <laughs> but, but you know, the whole the whole Marcelino um, Peter Lim thing has really uh, made it that that's that, that's had some repercussions. Um, yeah, it just, it just seems, and I don't know, I mean, I guess we won't know until we get to the knockout rounds of the, of the European, um, competitions, but, you know, is La Liga sort of being eclipsed more by other European leagues, or is this just an internal thing where the, is it that the, somewhat equality of TV money is having an effect or what's going on? Do you think it's an interesting question? Um, is the league getting better or are like the top teams getting better or is everything kind of sinking back toward the middle? Um, and I think it's the latter things are more competitive, but Barcelona and Real Madrid are not the forces they once were. Atletico are not the forces they once were. Uh, you have, I think it's great to see teams like athletic and La Real and Hatafe up near the European plate. And there's another set of fans who should be happy. Hatafe oh, fans. Hatafe have got to be happy, yeah. It's just there weren't many of them, so I forget about them. <laughs> there's like five of them, yeah. And yeah. They, they all have a second team. Right. And yeah. They're, uh, they're unbeaten in five. They, they are like a mini Atletico, some of Simeone's first Atleti teams. They scored four set piece goals over the weekend. I really like watching them. Uh, but I think, uh, there's still a long way to go. The, the TV rights deal, I think, was kind of a, a significant move, a landscape-shaking move, because it has made things a bit more competitive and kind of brought everyone down a notch or up a notch, depending on your view, depending on who your side is. And we won't – I think you, you have a good point in that we won't know for another year, two, three years, how much this is impacting European performances or Spanish teams' performances in Europe – we're just, you know, a year removed from seeing Real Madrid win their third straight European Cup. Barcelona probably should have been in the final last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And should have been in the quarterfinal last year. Sevilla are probably going to be in the Europa League semifinal this year because that's who they always are. That's right. <laughs> no, let's, let's be honest. They win the damn thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> being conservative, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's true, though, that... um I mean, I think the question, and, you know, certainly with the last match you guys played against Barcelona, you saw it that, I mean, Messi, I mean, he can't go on forever, I don't think. But, um, you know, the question is really sort of what 
it just seems like all of the top teams are in a bit of a down year. And whether it's a just a down year or whether it's a one of those sort of cycles that last several years, I don't know. Where I think the TV money has made a difference is that it used to be that the teams that got promoted were just no hopers. I mean, they would, they would just rely on, you know, free signings and, and loanies and whatnot. And now they can at least spend a little money on, on team, on players. Um, that said, um, you know, you look at the, at the teams that got promoted and, I mean, they've made good use of that money and, and they've, and they've done some good signings. I mean, Osasuna, um, Granada, you know, look like they're probably likely to stay up. Mallorca, I'm less certain of. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hopeful of their chances. I mean, Celta are still down there. Celta are, go- are going to play better. They have too much talent to stay down there the whole year. Uh, Leganes are another team that I'm worried about, but they've been really unlucky, so it could go either way. But yeah, the, some of these teams have gotten a little little cash in the pocket. La Real are a really good example. They were able to pluck mm-hmm. Porto for for a really small fee, and Porto's been one of their best players this year. Uh, they got an Odegaard on loan. He's been one of La Liga's best players this year. I mean, you see Real Betis able to make a move like get Fekir, um, yeah. a very yeah. low-risk, high-reward deal. He's probably going to leave after this season. But bringing in a player of his quality, uh, that's a coup. And that could not have happened three, four years ago. That's right. I think that I think the big difference is that you know it, it's for most of the teams in the in the sort of middle or lower end of the pack, it gave them like twenty, thirty million extra, maybe twenty million, and that's a player or two. I mean, granted, if you you know you can parlay that into more if you use it wisely, but. Um, but it's it has made it easier to compete, I think. And I, I mean, and full props to the to the guys. I mean, when we played Osasuna there, I was just like, Chimmy Avila, oh my goodness! I mean, what a signing! You know, that's you know, you're always the the difference is for for some of these teams that just come up is finding that diamond in the rough and or that player that they can really build around for a year or make use of. Yeah, um, I mean Rio has done that when they've come up. You know, they found a, somebody to build around who then, you know, like Michu, who then then left. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm a little surprised. I was not expecting Espanol to be very good. I am surprised at how bad they have been, though. Honestly, this is about where I expected them to be. I mean, they lost Hermoso and Iglesias very late in the window and did not replace them. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> and yeah. they have, they started the Europa League season very early. That's one of the that's the downside of. It was great to see those scenes on the final day of the season when they clinched seventh. But the downside of that is you start your season really early, and they played really really well in the Europa League. They haven't done anything in La Liga, um, and I I am worried for them. I just don't think they have the talent to stay up. I'm really concerned about their talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm agreeing. I agree with you now that I've seen them more. I think they, um, in some ways too, it's a bit like the Real was last year where we played. When I look at it, the fact that we defeated, uh, you know, teams in the Europa League like, um, 
um, Sporting Lisbon and Zenit, I'm thinking, how did we do that? You know, <laughs> given given how we played in La Liga for so much of the league of the season, and I think a lot of it was that um, our players were sort of that was sort of their release from all the pressure of La Liga. You know, they didn't. It was like, okay, now we can just go and play and see how we do. You know. And I think Espanol so far in the in the group stage has been like that in Europa. They've been they've been um, very good, and admittedly not against the you know maybe the best um, opposition, but they've been enjoying themselves. And then they get back in La Liga, and they're just you know they already seem scared of the drop. I think. Yeah, their style of play in Europa League versus La Liga is like in, insanely different. I mean, other than Mark Roca, who I think is a good midfielder, maybe Pedrosa, their young, uh, their young left back, maybe one or two other guys. I'm not sure how much top flight talent I see here. I mean, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, it is a lot like Villarreal last year when you guys yeah. were bring in 18th, 17th for a good chunk of the year, but continuing yeah. to progress through the Europa League. And there was a Twitter debate that got started going, what if Villarreal win the Europa League but get relegated? Uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe we can start that with Espanol. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to know. I think, um, and definitely, I think Leganes, I, I'm not too surprised. I'm, well, I'm a little surprised they're as far adrift as they are, but I'm not too surprised. I felt like they were a team that was sort of hanging on for the last year or so, and I guess I'm, you know, there, there just seem to be teams when you look back at La Liga that, that sort of, they, they come up, they stay for a year or two, and then it's kind of that, okay, do we get better and progress up or do to mid-table or something, or do we fall back down? And I think Leganes seem to be one of the falling back down teams. Um, Celta, I'm, I guess I'm sort of uh, not too surprised that um, Fran Escriba didn't last there because it seemed like an odd fit. You're familiar um, with his work. Yeah. Well, he's he's a he's a very pragmatic coach. I mean, he he was um, he he did very well for us, but he was boring. <laughs> and I think that and I think that it was interesting that after coaching us to one of our best seasons in La Liga, um, you know, the team didn't give him any more than a one-year contract, and then he was gone within a few months. I just don't think I, he's he's much better at coaching teams that are, um, I think that he can set up in a pragmatic fashion and kind of get those one-one draws. You know, I don't I don't think a team like Celta that has has more freewheeling talent in midfield and and uh, Iago Aspas, he was a good fit. At least Celta changed the coach. I think that that had needed to happen for a while. Um, I really liked what they did this summer. I know they lost Maxi Gomez, but they brought back all these these academy kids. Yeah, um, which I think was smart on more ways than one because Rafinha was. I think I still think it was a great move to bring him in. Uh, Santimina came up through the club, talented player, didn't always get a fair shake at uh, Valencia, and of course you have Iago Aspas, who is just insanely good. Um, yeah. Celta have the talent to be mid table. I just don't know if they're going to be. Um, but they have a different coach in a new a new system, and they did impress in the win over over you guys. Um, yeah, I, I am optimistic that Celta are going to stay up. Uh, I think that they will end up being comfortable. 
the bottom two, I think, are going to stay there. Yeah, I like, guess they are. Like an ice, like an were comfortably safe the last two, three years. It's great that they made it to a fourth year, but they never got better. Um, they they were holding on. They, in a sense, were living on borrowed time, and and this is kind of what happens when when you live on borrowed time long enough. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, right now, I, if I had to look at the relegation battle, I would think I still think Valladolid can get dragged down into it because I I'm just not convinced that they have the um, the talent um, across the roster that yeah. you know I, I feel like they're they're a team that can be can be dragged down into it. And the other thing that happens with these when you rely a lot on loan players is sometimes that doesn't work out real well when you get to the to the gotta win the games to stay up kind of thing. I mean, I just I just think it's different when you're a player who knows that if you go down to the, to the Segunda, you're still bound to this team unless, you know, you get sold. But for a loan player, it's different. You go, okay, well, that's a fine. I'll find a different Primera team to get loaned to next year. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back up to the top flyer. I'll go back to my parent club. Yeah, there is a, yeah. a, a yeah. psychological element there. Vitaly uh, yeah. just don't score goals. That's their problem. Yeah. It was last year. I think they found a really good defender in Selisu. Um, really young defender and they, they do keep out goals often enough. I mean, that's what kept them up last year is that their defense was really good. And um, we'll see if they can do it again this year. Yeah. And I've also seen, I've already seen rumors about Salusu being pursued in the January window by EPL teams. So yeah, that would, know. that would suck for them. Yeah. Cause probably can't afford to turn down good money. So, well, it's, it's been enjoyable talking to you. Um, as I say, I'm sorry we're not able to meet in Miami to, to do this, but, uh, but, uh, Senor Rubiales had his, had his say there. Well, maybe, uh, maybe in a couple of years, Alan. Maybe in a couple of years. So, um, all right. So I'll ask you one last question and then we can wrap it up. So where do you think Atleti will finish this season in La Liga? I still think third. That was my prediction at the start of the season. I'm going to stick with it. I think there's just, there's still too much talent here. The goal scoring woes, I think, will correct themselves. It's a bit like Valencia last year, where for half the year, Valencia could not score more than a goal per game. By the end of the season, they were running riot over teams. Um, right. I think something similar will happen with Atletico. I think they get third. Would not surprise me if they get fourth. Um, one of Sevilla or Real Sociedad will will finish out the top four. That's my guess. Well, that that sounds a pretty reasonable pretty reasonable guess to me. I think um, I would have said I would have said um, yeah fourth. I think is probably pretty good in a time of transition. So that, that seems pretty good. Where do Villarreal anyway, finish out? You know, I was one of the pessimists comparatively going into the season. I was sort of finishing mid-table, and I think I'm still kind of thinking that I, in terms of talent, we probably are fifth or sixth, but I'm not sure we're going to get there. I would say maybe tenth, and that's disappointing, but I think that's maybe where we're, where we're going to end up. Um, I, I was always skeptical of the, People that were saying we were going to finish like fourth or something, because I just don't. I just think we're, our our defense is is just not strong enough 
You know, you look at the teams that qualify for Champions League and they can, in the last 15, 20 minutes of a match, when they're ahead by a goal, you just know the game is over. Yeah, and, and we have to develop that. We, we don't have it. So I, I would say, yeah, I'm thinking best case, maybe seventh and qualify for Europe and the worst case, maybe tenth. So I'm somewhere in there. That's about where I had Virial, ninth, tenth around there. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, yeah. it's adventure in the final 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's too much of an adventure and it's too mm-hmm. much of a, uh, yeah, it's too much of an adventure and it's, and I really think, I have to be honest and say I see us as a bit like Sociedad in some recent seasons where you looked at their roster and said, wow, this is a talented team. And then you looked at the coach and you said, yeah, but. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Kind of where I am right now. Understood. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, thanks, Jeremy. It's been great chatting with you and good luck in all of your future matches except the one on Friday. Alan, this was wonderful. I wish you the same luck except for Friday and hope to do this again real soon. All right. Great. We'll we'll talk to you later.